Hello, I'm Srinivas Anakindi, and welcome to Second Opinion, where we break down the latest trends in pharma and healthcare. To those of you who are with us in 2021, welcome back. And to our new followers, it's good to have you join us. We are so excited to get into another year of exploring the latest innovations, transformations, and breakthroughs in the care delivery space, and talking about how you in your roles throughout the industry can get involved. We're kicking the new year off by introducing the Second Opinion podcast. We're going to be covering the same topics here as we do in our email editorial, but hopefully in an easier format for those of you on the go. In this installment, we're digging into the world of patient services, looking at what they are, why they're crucial to the future of our healthcare systems, and how you can take your first steps in building them for your patients. Before we dive into things, we'd love to hear more from you in 2022. So please feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about Second Opinion. The changes we're discussing affect our entire industry, and so we really want to make sure that we're representing a range of diverse voices, perspectives, and experiences in terms of how we talk about it and discuss these trends. You can get in touch by sending us an email or by reaching out to us on LinkedIn. We're here to listen, so let's hear what you have to say. The last decade has signaled a rise in the importance of the relationship between pharma and patients, not just because patients are more engaged with their healthcare, but because pharma are switching on to increased opportunities to support unmet patient needs. The most exciting of these opportunities is in patient services, once a broad term used to describe safety leaflets or disease education given to patients alongside their treatments, patient services have evolved to a point where pharma companies can deliver more personalized experiences, more opportunities to capture patient voices, and most importantly, better health outcomes. It's widely acknowledged that there's untapped value in the healthcare system, which could be accessed for patients to provide greater alignment between pharma and healthcare. This is an area we covered extensively in the documentary we released at the end of last year, and I recommend having a look if you want to hear more about that. One of the most fertile areas of this untapped value can be found in the gap between outpatient and inpatient. Now, what does this actually mean? Well, it means that once a patient leaves the doctor's office with a treatment, there are a number of factors that will affect how well they progress. These can be anything from the patient's adherence to a treatment regimen, to their mental health, or even to their socioeconomic background. Now, some of these are medical, but some of these fall into what we call wider determinants of health. And the effect that they have on a patient's success or failure on treatment is far greater than you would expect. In fact, in a recent piece of analysis, a study found that between 60 to 80% of health outcomes can be out of the control of a hospital and instead down to these social determinants of health. Patient services help by addressing the factors that impact medication adherence, quality of life, and these wider determinants of health in order to improve disease outlooks. These are vital steps for patients, physicians, and pharma alike. So we talk about these in a very vague sense and it's important to understand what they actually mean. What is a patient service? What does it offer? Well, unfortunately, this is a simple question with a complicated answer. They are as varied as the diseases that they treat, but there are some common themes. 
and gold standard services will include high-tech holistic approaches to patient needs, which address more than just symptoms and side effects. Low-touch, high-frequency contact points to capture and support patient needs with minimal disruption to their lives. They will also capture data and generate evidence about outcomes which matter to patients, like quality of life, in order to improve the care delivered. Ultimately, however, the most important success factor for patient services is that they're designed with the patient at the core. No one knows the unmet needs of a disease better than the patients themselves, so you must engage with them to understand where a service can deliver the most value. When it comes to patient support programs, it's important to be smart about your approach. Patient services are big projects, and the idea of going straight to a fully scaled, personalized patient service will understandably be cause for hesitation. But it's okay to start small. Pilots are a great way to stress test operations and design principles for your services, providing that you remember to build them with scale in mind. When we talk about scale, we're not just talking about geography and patient numbers, because sometimes the communities where patient services can have the biggest impact are with rare diseases where patient populations are relatively small. So scale can be the degree to which you are meeting patient needs or the amount of the patient journey that is being addressed or even how high touch and high frequency the services. And when we talk about scale in this context, it is critical because the value for patient services lies in addressing needs for patients that otherwise go unmet, and this requires investment. For impacts to be realized, big swings need to be taken. From there, value will follow in the form of patients' clinical and satisfaction outcomes. Now, we understand that there's only so long we can talk about the value and impact of patient services before your inner scientist perks up and asks for evidence. Lucky for us, there's plenty of it. There are a wide range of studies out there which have assessed the impact of patient services on patient adherence to medication. That may sound really specific, but it's a standard metric for the success of these services, as it's comparable between therapy areas, and adherence will almost always be directly proportional to health outcomes. In one study, looking at multiple sclerosis, they found that patients on PSPs had a 50% increase in adherence, and similarly, for a PSP treating inflammatory diseases, there is a 49% likelihood of being adherent. These are substantial increases in adherence numbers for treatments where taking the drug regularly is crucial to greater health outcomes. The services in those examples were PSPs or patient support programs, where nurses were delivering regular coaching to patients to help them keep on top of managing their health particularly those with diseases where patients would otherwise lose confidence and eventually suffer diminished health or quality of life as a result. Other studies have looked at the actual mechanism of these support programs. More specifically, a style of delivering improved patient health behaviours called motivational interviewing, or MI. In these studies, they looked at both the efficacy of this method as well as the minimum time required for it to take effect. And what they found was that when receiving motivational interviewing, and this is averaged over 48 trials across a range of different therapies, there was a 55% increased likelihood to improve outcomes from clinical to quality of life outcomes. 
and the minimum period required to achieve sustainability of these new health behaviors, such as a new treatment, was 84 days. The picture being developed here is that these interventions can have a massive effect as long as sufficient time is being given. Let's step back a bit. We've been talking about these patient services, the how and the what of them, but what we haven't addressed is the when. In the past, we've talked about the transformation of the traditional pharma-patient relationship and some assumptions about that relationship that it's time to move past. One of these assumptions is that there's a set time period when a pharma should look at value-adding propositions such as patient services. In the past, service offerings have been developed as a treatment begins to mature or to support patients after they've been diagnosed, but there's no reason why either of those things need to be true. Patient services can be built into your launch strategy, for example. Factoring in these types of solutions into product strategy from the start allows you to test the solutions with a small responsive group of patients and validate their effectiveness before the product is even launched. You can also look at the value of unbranded services and patient activation. As pharma moves towards addressing rarer diseases, an increasingly common barrier can be found in how to help patients to reach the diagnosis phase. Autoimmune diseases like lupus or pulmonary fibrosis can express themselves as seemingly innocuous symptoms until it's too late, meaning that the unbranded programs for those patient groups can help to raise awareness of them and support people to reach the diagnosis that they need. There was an interesting article in the Harvard Business Review which set out an important understanding in the journey to develop patient services and digital health solutions as well crucially noting that patients are consumers as well. Now, in this review, they talk about pharma's digital capabilities and how as they increase, so do patients' expectations of that relationship. As such, it's important that service providers are able to meet those expectations by prioritizing customer satisfaction and engagement. The full article is well worth a read, but the point that stood out for us, which I wanted to highlight here, was this line here. The consumer experience is more than technology. You can have the best medical solution in the world, but if it isn't engaging or easy to use, it won't be worth anything. For patients of chronic disease, the disease already takes up such a large share of their lives and they're not looking to increase that share. Tools which help patients manage their disease must be easy to use, leaving them feeling unburdened and in control. Otherwise, they're just another item to manage in an already stressful consumer experience. Now, there's a lot of topics here and a lot of things to consider, but in summary, patient services are something that can provide a much needed evolution in the relationship between pharma, healthcare, and patients, and in doing so, massively increase the quality of care delivered. The challenge that physicians face in not seeing their patients more than every six months can be addressed through a high-frequency, low-touch service. And in terms of implementing these services, there is no such thing as too soon, because the earlier you do this, the more information you will have to be able to design the best service possible, and the sooner you can start integrating it into the healthcare environment to make it easier for physicians as well. Now, in our opinion, these services are a fantastic way to generate value and resolve challenges for patients, physicians, payers, and pharma alike. But we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on patient services? Are they a red herring for the industry or are they its salvation? 
Are they the approach we should be taking for all diseases, or should we evaluate their use on a case-by-case basis? Whatever your thoughts, opinions, and hot takes, reach out to us. Let's start the conversation. I've been Srinivas Anakindi with Penn's Second Opinion. Have a good day. Thank you.